0: And one of the
1: things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud.
0: All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast brought to you guys by SP Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Morabi and joined by my co-steven brown. You're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you can get one. Um, yeah, that's it, man. So, How's how's life, Steven, on this on this Monday night?
1: <laughs> it's uh it's going well. It's just uh just another week starting the new year, I think. Is this our first,
0: this is our, first yeah, podcast this is our, of
1: 2021? It's so. our first
0: podcast of 2021, and I'm just I'm full of hope, but nothing
1: terrible yeah. has happened yet.
0: Yet, yeah, that's that's true. Yet uh we'll see what happens. No, when... Annie
1: Hansen. Subtweets or anything. Yeah. So but
0: the the entire team hasn't decided to transfer yet. So I think, I think, I, I think that's good China
1: news. Guys, portal.
0: Yeah, I read think, it on
1: the message boards.
0: Yeah, oh, it's a good thing OU's a basketball school anyway. So like they don't <laughs> they don't even need football. Like like OU is such a basketball school that um they don't even care. Like they just love the game of basketball. They don't care if you win or lose. Um, so like so, like a lot of people show up to the women's games just to see like other teams be really good at basketball. Oh God. <laughs> because Sherry Cole gets that she is getting killed every night, man. She is stealing money. Yeah, she's stealing money from well, she's the. Been doing that for the better part of the decade. Yeah, must be a nice job. I just I just read a headline. It was like some sooner scores forty points still lost and i was like well yeah it sounds about right so
1: you'd think that with all these media people wanting attention that one of them would just blast a question about sherry cole
0: yeah that's fair
1: there's a good way to get likes and retweets
0: you know why why remember when sherry cole was good was she ever good or did well, she, she had just the, have
1: Courtney Paris?
0: Well, she was good before the Paris Twins. They went They went to a couple really? – I think they went to a couple, like, Final Fours and Elite Eights before because they had Stacy okay. Dales, uh, Stacy Dales-Schumann or something like that. Uh, but they were good before, and she was, like, the coach of, like, Team USA. Um, and under – I don't know, like, it's the – not the not – the, it sounds weird to say underage. What is it? It's not the pro-USA <laughs> U- team yeah women it's like the younger ones i don't know but the she was U, the, whatever the youth U16. or something like that but she was the coach of them for like a long time and then all of a sudden she got passed up by everybody in the in the conference especially after the paris twins definitely and like yeah it's been it's been bad but let's we we got a lot to talk about we've got oklahoma destroying the the gators and you have dan mullins just being a little a little baby about it you've got some recruiting stuff with everybody waiting with anticipation of a five star and getting a lump of coal instead. And then we've got like transfers, the portal in out maybes uh, what to expect for this year, what to expect for the the rest of this year, what to expect for next year, whatever. So let's dive on into it. I guess the the Oklahoma Sooners beat the hell out of the Florida Gators 55 to 20. Uh, I, I said before we started recording that, you know it's it's tough to find a highlight video for the game because really the entire game, with the exception of like three possessions in the second quarter, wasn't right. as was a highlight film for the Sooners. I mean, they just got it done in all phases of the game. So, what were your what were your maybe favorite parts of the game or things that you were thought were pretty great?
1: Well, I think you know my favorite part of the game was seeing my favorite player Trey Norwood yep. um, get a pick six. And then subsequently going right into the NFL um, after that. But uh, I mean, no, it, there's some, I guess maybe the first quarter when they just kind of came out of the gates and uh, we kind of expected OU to do well, but they just blew out Florida in that first quarter with the three interceptions.
0: And it's interesting because I look back on the score predictions we had made and you, you had OU scoring the most thing like 48 to like 34 or something like that. I had 34 31. Jack had like 34 24. And uh, we all thought it would be relatively, you know, like within two scores or a, right. or just a really tight game regardless. And uh, it just was bad. OU just whipped Florida's ass from the beginning. They took a little bit of a lull in the second quarter and then just blasted them again <laughs> in the second half. They could have scored 60 if they wanted to, uh, but Lincoln Riley instead said, nah. Uh, did you ever at one point, because my favorite part of the game because I think that Trey Norwood pick six is fantastic. My favorite part of the game is when, because previously we were like, hey, is, are you going to meet the over-under three-and-a-half dumbass gator chops? And they did. And on one of the touchdowns, you had three Sooners, Spencer rather appeared <laughs> to be leading it, do the gator chop in like a kick to get that gator chop out of here. Uh, so there was definitely and
1: Larry like, from O'Keem was in the, in the stands out there yep. getting, getting a little gator chop in.
0: That was fantastic. It's fantastic. So, I will
1: say, maybe my favorite part it wasn't the interception, but the one where Woody Washington basically closed that passing window.
0: Oh, man. Um, that that was my favorite tall part.
1: And rangy. Yeah. I like was, that. Like, that's, that's incredible. That's the future of that secondary.
0: It, t- it tells you where the secondary is is going. Like, that's not even just coaching, that's just being instinctual about leverage and where you should be on the field, reading a quarterback's eyes. And like, he goes from the guy what, at the at a, just like an out route and then sinks back because he knows he's got a guy behind him and then tips it up and doesn't get his feet dug in the ground soon enough because like, he's like falling back as he's pedaling, and he's so close to another interception. And I thought it was just like really, really good football by the defense and Woody Washington had that interception. Trey had one, um, Brian Asamoah had another, but yeah, that was, that was my favorite part of the game. Like, and it wasn't even a big play. Um, Oklahoma didn't really get to the quarterback that much, even though Ronnie Perkins did toss. He like literally tossed Kyle Trask <laughs> or that other one. Oh, no, I got another really good part of the game, another really good play. Florida going for it on fourth down and then running that same play that Trevor Knight and Jalen Saunders would run in the Bedlam game to win them that one, I think in 2013, where like he runs, he runs back in basically by the, the running backs, like, like it's going to sw- switch sides of the field and he immediately, they snap the ball, and he immediately goes right, and then I don't know the backup quarterback's name for Florida, but then they run an option play, and Oklahoma had that snuffed out so well, and Brian Asamoah just (laughs) was right there as soon as the ball touched him. It was just, the defense was suffocating, but did you get nervous at all when the game got to 17-14 after two, like, continuous Oklahoma fumbles, one by Spencer Rattler and the other by Ramondre Stevenson?
1: Um, a little bit. I mean, because you could kind of sense that this was about to happen. I think the drive before stalled, and and that kind of excitement from those first couple scores and those those interceptions was over. Um, I think I even tweeted. I was like, "This is you know, you got to watch out for the the patented Lincoln Riley lull right here, like where they go into the basically just trade possessions." Um, but no, I mean, they came out of it pretty quickly. Um, they they kind of stalled a little bit, but other than that. I think they grew up. Um, I think a Lincoln Riley found ways to get this offense more motivated. You know, this game isn't over, even though you're up 17 to whatever. Um, So I didn't really, didn't really get too nervous about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, it was like, it was frustrating. And I was thinking, well, Oklahoma has been having a lot of, a lot of success running the ball. They punished Florida on the ground more than anybody else this entire season. Uh, They just beat the hell out of Florida's defensive line in like the Dan Mullen wants to come out and say, instead of saying that average coach, you know, like, Oh, you got to hand it to Lincoln Riley, got to hand Oklahoma. They beat us today. They were better in all phases of the game. Congratulations to them. Yada, yada. Instead he kind of bitches out and is like, Oh, well, the 2020 team played 11 days ago. That was the last time they played. So the only reason why we played because our scout team guys wanted to play. So leave it what it is like, what, it, why, why, who who does that? What kind of coach like throws his team under the bus? Cause like then everybody else was like, Well, it looks like 2021's team's gonna suck. But it's like why would you in your right mind do that? And then why would you also say that knowing that a team in LSU that was also missing like twenty players that could only have like sixty scholarship players beat you like two weeks prior? Like what the hell is going in his on in his brain?
1: Just a little just a little bitch attitude. I mean you've seen multiple coaches have it, like Tom Herman, obviously another guy that's kind of been a little bitch after after uh, losing some big games and after winning them. Um, but to see just right after the game for him to throw his team under the bus, I mean,
0: it's, it's hard to look. envision
1: that this team's going to really be that excited to play for Dan Mullen next year. And I think even with the rumors that he's going to the NFL, uh, Florida just seems like it's culturally going downhill what do you mean as far as just like they're not going to wake up to play this guy's not going to believe in us um you know we have five-star athletes but do we really you know the logo on our helmets everything we need kind of thing there's no preparation Mm -hmm. um no no motivation from the coaching staff that kind of thing
0: it's incredible it's incredible and and, in (laughs) in It, it started and, again. Oh,
1: you had that same issue with Mike Stoops.
0: They did. They did. And, and it just feels like the yearly thing to be like, oh, well, looks like the SEC is not motivated. They didn't win this game. So that sucks. And it just, I just thought it was ridiculous how fast he was like, oh man, no, no, we didn't have to play this game. Then like, why, why did you then why did you play? Uh, you could have opted out. No, you could have played Georgia, um, you know, who should have lost to Cincinnati, but they decided to pass the ball like on the third down instead of running it, which would have given like Georgia, like 30 seconds to score. But anyways, uh, Lincoln Riley, after the game, he had to have given the go ahead for those players to immediately start. Like, I'm not talking just like subtle jabs, these dudes were just like <laughs> going in on Florida players, tagging them in things, changing their avatars on Twitter to dead uh, alligators. Uh, Perrion Winfrey said he ate more gator nuggets. And they sort of like, uh, I think David Aguabu kept on saying they were doing, uh, they were enacting in some clown activity. Uh, it was just like.
1: Isaiah Thomas was a big proponent of that trash talk. Was he? Zay Thomas, Ronnie Perkins, pretty much everyone on the defense. Asamoah awesome. got in on that. Yep.
0: Like at one point, somebody photoshopped Alex Grinch's uh, Alex Grinch's head on a black R&B men's group, <laughs> and, and it was I think it was Brian Asamoah because he was like, "It's my new profile picture." And uh, it's just like Lincoln had to give the go ahead go go ahead on that, right? Like they they, there's no way. There's no way they didn't ask permission from Lincoln, right?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure Lincoln knew that was about to happen. That's also, I mean, that's an attitude from a defense that you haven't really seen before. Like, they just know they were better, and they're going to tell you about it.
0: It's been a long time, man. It's been a long time since I said like 2009 was the last really, really good defense, you know? And that year, you know, we all had high hopes, and they were quickly uh, killed with, jermaine gresham going down and sam bradford going down the home opener what could have what could have been but yeah just unbelievable what what are you so talking about other games like the big 12 and undefeated uh that's good news for the conference it looks makes them look maybe better uh you know i iowa state beat the hell oh, didn't want to play yeah i State beat the hell out of oregon who had played half as many games um so let's see yeah the big 12 went undefeated you know austin kendall led a team to a bowl win uh yeah, so in west virginia austin. yeah good for him in texas they blew out colorado like they were supposed to in oklahoma oh, state God. the reaction after that game was just
1: man so stupid
0: oh, we're back no stop it no you're not and your coach got fired after the game osu <laughs> yeah. osu uh they barely beat Miami, and it's only because Derek King uh, basically blew out his knee. Did, did we ever find out did what he? that injury was?
1: Uh, I don't think we did. I, I know I got the notification they got injured. It
0: looked like a knee thing or an ACL thing or an MCL. Uh, it, it didn't look good, and he had already pledged to come back. But what are your...
1: Yeah, it's ACL, torn ACL. Gonna that's, be that's
0: rough, man. He's not going to be back next year. He'll have to rehab for an entire year after. That sucks. But... What, what else? What, you I mean, what are your thoughts on the cultural playoff? What are you thinking about the, the semifinal games? They were pretty bad. Uh,
1: they weren't great. I thought the Alabama Notre Dame was worse. Um, obviously, Ohio State came to play against Clemson. Um, but that, I mean, we've talked about it before. There's, there's a big difference between those one through three and then the four and the rest of the, the group. And I think, I don't think OU would have fared much better against Alabama. Alabama's just a really talented team this year. Um, They are every year, but even more so with Devonta Smith, Najee Harris, those guys. So um, I don't know if there's ever going to be a a good fourth team, but that that also opens up the conversation. You know, why wouldn't you let an Oklahoma have a chance at six? You know, maybe they go in uh, with an 18 playoff or something like that. And you see who might be able to get lucky or get a hot streak going.
0: The only thing I kept on thinking about was – Trey Sermon just running completely wild <laughs> and all the pictures that came of him you know like he was like just smiling into the camera and we all knew like somehow he was in the doghouse at OU right like somehow he's in the doghouse with uh, Jay bolware and um I kept on thinking earlier this season man you know how nice it would be to have Trey Sermon at OU you know earlier oh, yeah. this season because if he was there OU's in the cultural playoff OU's probably ranked the no first or second seed that oh you o- o- would be the second the second seed they they would have played clemson actually uh if they're undefeated uh, you know because they have to pick between an undefeated alabama team and an undefeated oklahoma team for that first seed and they would be like dang this is the first complete ou o- team we've seen in a while and uh you don't have them and then that's start to start a a, t- a twitter fight or an interesting twitter spat with uh Jay Boweir, because
1: former former Texas coach,
0: former former Oklahoma and former Texas coach Jay Boweir, because was it Baker Mayfield that picked up that tweet? Yeah, it was Baker. About there's got to be something going on there. Yeah, well, it was just because like they're it was just like the running back room and Jay Boweir like, oh, thanks for mentioning all the great running backs I recruited, and then oh, that's what it was, and then Baker's like, no, they came to OU in spite of you, Kale recruited the backs. And so, gosh, and then that sort of whole think funny that's thing. that's the
1: first time Baker's ever taken a shot at bullwear
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: The second or third time. He's done it publicly.
0: is that incredible? It's it's wonderful. It's, it's Like, I thought Alabama and Notre Dame might have been a better game for, I, th- I thought it was a bit of better, it was a better game for longer than I expected. Uh, Devontae is just on another damn planet the guy's in, he's really good he's just really good but uh, Steve Sarkisian loves looks taking Lincoln Riley plays though it looks like because there are a lot of things <laughs> that were very similar but drawn in crown in his playbook um and then the Clemson Ohio State game was weird uh, I really thought Clemson was about to take it to Ohio State and it was very competitive early and then Justin Fields broke like two vertebrae in his spine and then immediately threw like four touchdowns. <laughs> I didn't get to watch
1: it all the way through, but I did see that they were just running away with the game eventually.
0: Like, there's no way he doesn't have cracked ribs and or vertebrae because little cortisone shot. We all saw that hit, and it happened twice every time he tried to throw the ball before halftime, he was like yelling in pain. Like somebody was like breaking his bones all over again. And he was like, Oh yeah. They didn't tell me what was wrong. They just said, you're good. And so he just like, that's like the most, I saw this tweet on the timeline. I don't, I don't know who said it. Like I thing Tim good,
1: Brando didn't see it.
0: They're like uh, "It's a good thing. Bud Kilmer's uh, going to be in that locker room for Ohio state. Cause he's going to inject him with the needle. But yeah, that definitely is a cortisone shot. Right. Because there's no way he's making it out of halftime uh, without something like that. Cause we all saw that hit. Uh, like it reminded me of what happened to, uh, oh linebacker for the Steelers.
1: Shazier? When,
0: yeah. Right, what happened to Ryan Shazier? He got nailed in the spine with the helmet.
1: <laughs> that was, that's like one of the worst hits I've ever seen.
0: Oh, it was bad. I mean, now he walks now and that's amazing. And stuff. he's never going to play football again, but, that's what that hit reminded me of in that this guy had been ejected from both semifinal games this year and last year. Ugh. Is that a culture problem or is that just like two messed up accidents, two years in a row? Uh,
1: Just might be accidents. I think like there's no way you coach that.
0: I, I, yeah. Or same, allow that at the same time. Like I know they're adjusting to the game. I know Justin Fields was spinning you're always taught to hit what you see. He was looking down the entire time or unless I just need to go rewatch it. It wasn't regardless. The hit was bad. And I was very surprised Justin Fields stayed in that game, but yeah, both teams, they just dominated at the end of the day. Who do you expect? Actually this, who do you expect to win this Ohio state Alabama game? I think it could be really interesting. I I know Alabama is going to score, but I can't. Is Ohio state also going to score with them?
1: I'm going to stick with my preseason pick and say, Alabama just as be, be true to my picks, but uh, I don't know. Ohio State really looked good. Um, obviously, Trey Sermon's just running on another level. Playoff Trey Sermon's obviously a really, really good player. So I'm going to go Alabama, but had I not picked it before, I'd probably say Ohio State at this point.
0: That's, how, that, that's what I'm thinking. That's how I'm leading. So, uh, man. It'll be a good time to look at it. They need to fix that graphic, though. Every time they get a first down, it flashes yellow, and I think there's a flag. It it It's stupid. It's terrible. But anyways, we're about to go to for a break for our sponsors. We're going to talk about Tristan Lee, OU, like recruiting, like what's going on? Is there an issue? Is there? Do they need different coaches? Yada, yada. Who's coming back? Who's gone? Who's a maybe regarding the transfer portal and just going to the NFL and a couple other things. So we'll check you guys back in a second. just go to cars.com it's magical all right steven so oklahoma if you if, if we had talked and we did in the middle of summer let's say july it was possible that many thought oklahoma was not only going to land caleb williams who's a five star but that they may also land or should actually land Bryce Foster, Emeka Ekbuka, Kamar Wheaton, and Tristan Lee. That would be five. Um, instead, Oklahoma landed none. <laughs> they landed. They landed a one-five star in in Caleb Williams. And I mean, like, I think some sites have Mario Williams as a five star as well. But um, what is going like? Tristan Lee had already signed his letter of intent to Clemson. So what is going on with OU's recruiting? Are they just bad or what is happening?
1: It's baffling that no one knew that letter was signed. Like how did, I don't even know Clemson even didn't know it until maybe I think it was like two days before when people are like, maybe Clemson has a chance here. And I think the day before, I think everyone's like, all right, Clemson uh, there's definitely something up because all those crystal balls flipped everyone on Twitter flipped their predictions. Uh, But It's just a really, really bad look for OU. Um, I'm not sure you can blame it on the pandemic. I mean, some of it, obviously, not getting to do evaluations, uh, not getting to talk to these guys in person definitely definitely didn't help kind of help them understand where they were with these recruits. But at the same time, it's just that was maybe the worst closing of any Power 5 program. I mean, you have these guys, what, four or five? Um guys where you think you have a really, really good chance, and you know, two days before their decision, it just all falls apart.
0: Is this a bagman issue?
1: Uh, I wouldn't, you know. <laughs> there's definitely some bagman involved. Let's let's be honest. But at the yeah. same time,
0: oh, you need to learn to play the game. Country.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you need to learn to play the game, and they also need to recognize when they're getting played themselves, because obviously they thought these guys were uh at least you know 70 percent chance we're gonna land these guys and they obviously had no shot at all
0: man it's weird it is is it's really like it, it's phil like they last year it was just jason McClellan, right and everybody's like oh darn Did the this...
1: thing at least you were able to talk to him
0: yeah that's fair
1: and but you kind of here... saw like okay alabama's you know they're continuing to get phone calls in continuing to visit do some in-homes that kind of thing so you knew Alabama was sitting in the wing no one knew Clemson had a chance here
0: yeah I mean like you look at Kamar Wheaton and he doesn't talk to anybody so it's weird Egbuka would have been nice but I think a lot of people would have thought he would have been a surprise Bryce right, Foster that would be like
1: the toughest land
0: Bryce Foster his whole family are Aggies his brother was like actually played for the team like the, like but the fact that he, Oklahoma led for so long. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, sorry, he's going to be an Aggie. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. that sucks. But at least Oklahoma says Lee. And what a lot of people bo- thought boiled down to Florida, Louis, uh, LSU and Oklahoma. They're like, that's, those are the three schools. And eventually it was, oh, just, oh, you in Florida. Hey, oh, he's playing Florida in a bowl game. And he had signed like financial aid agreements, I believe to several schools, but the entire time he's, He's already inked his letter of intent to Clemson in the early signing period. And this was like, meanwhile, like, remember, Caleb Williams got lead OU like trending on Twitter and he just let it happen. He had already,
1: yeah, he had already signed. I will say the one thing where the pandemic obviously hurt was probably Bryce Foster. Mm -hmm. Um, Not getting, you know, not getting to meet with that family personally and kind of get the family on board. I think had they done that, that would have been an easy get for OU. Everyone else, I was just OU just misjudged their chances.
0: So, is OU just gonna take sixteen guys? That is that it, or like, do you think they'll try to like find some kids in this late period, some late evaluations, or guys that they maybe would have taken and like try to get to like uh... eighteen? They'll
1: probably take maybe a late flyer, maybe two. Um, I think the one thing they want is probably to look at the transfer portal and see, you know, some guys that can help them right away.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe like some like younger guys, uh, you you look person... at maybe,
1: I guess it's hard to say who's a younger guy now. Cause everyone gets an extra year of eligibility. Yeah. yeah. But you know, some guy that you can kind of plug and play that fits mm-hmm. your system enough where you're not losing too much from the guys that either opted out or transferring or heading to the NFL.
0: That's fair. And so, like, talking about guys that are gone for OU, you have Adrian Ely, uh, Trey Brown, Trey Norwood, and Creed Humphrey. All those dudes are going to the NFL. You've got Chandler, both quarterbacks, Chandler Morris and Tanner Mordecai. Morris going to TCU, Mordecai going to SMU. Jalen Conyers going to Arizona State. T.J. Pledger, Charleston Rambo, Robert Barnes, and John Michael Terry are all in the portal but unknown as far as where they're going to transfer to um what do you take out of this are you like are you a lot of Sooner fans are like dang like it's like one after another and and like especially the Trey Norwood and Adrian Ely thing I think surprised a lot of people everything else I think kind of like looks and checks out I don't think anybody was surprised by Rambo saying he was leaving um
1: no and and we knew we had a good heads up that Rambo is probably on his way out
0: yeah definitely
1: um but as far as just surprises I think Adrian Ely uh, I think a lot of people watch his game and said, you know, maybe he should come back another year just because it wasn't just an outstanding season for him. And especially at the same time, Trey Dorwood, uh just got out of nowhere and thinking he's an NFL draft pick after one good season. So
0: coaches love are, him, man. Coaches love him.
1: Good practice player. I mean, at the same time, you look at Trey Norwood and you look at the guys they've recruited in the secondary and you say, all right, maybe this guy, Maybe this is his best shot, maybe mm-hmm. to get into not necessarily a 53 man roster, maybe a practice squad, and you can still make good money doing that. Um, so maybe that's the route he was thinking.
0: It's interesting. It's like because down the stretch, it was Trey Norwood getting all the snaps at Nickelback and not Buki. And now next year, you know, Oklahoma's got some guys back. I mean, like talking about Jalen Redmond is going to be back. Caleb Kelly says coming back. Eric Swinson, unfortunately, is coming back. <laughs> Justin Harrington's going to be back. And he, Justin Harrington's back. Like, he's going to be there to play, just like Caleb Kelly was. But Justin Harrington is a guy. He is definitely going to be a dude that contributes a lot next year. Kennedy Brooks is back. Surprisingly, kind of. Marquise Hayes and both, both the guards, Marquise Hayes and Tyrese Robinson are back. Perion Winfrey's coming back. Isaiah Thomas is coming back. Uh, what do you take away from here? Are there guys that you're like really, really excited about? Are there guys that you think should have that were maybe surprises to you? Uh well, I was most surprised about both guards coming back because that I think right. eases a lot of tension on the offensive line. Now that you have, of course, there's Swens coming back. I hope he doesn't start. I hope he doesn't play because you're thinking, oh, you have one <laughs> of the two guards is going to leave. Well, now both guards are leaving. You return all American Chris Murray, who just didn't get in the shuffle because he got, you know, to owe you way too late and Andrew Rame, who I'm very high on. So it's like, you've got four really, really talented interior offensive linemen. And then you've got Stacy Wilkins deciding to come back likely because Adrian Ely stepped out. You've got Anton Harrison coming back. You've got Eric Swenson coming back. Do you kick out one of those guys to guard or, or do you kick out one of the guards to tackle or what, what do you do here? It's a good problem for you to have. I feel like along the offensive line.
1: I think you keep those guys. The only person you would kick out is maybe Robinson because he gives you a little bit more versatility as an offensive lineman. But I think the biggest return here is Hayes because I think you and I both saw him. He's probably going to be an early round draft pick.
0: He's a Mauler. He gets upfield and he does not give any. He could be really, really good
1: in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. Um, But you know, maybe he didn't have the the greatest. I mean, no one on the offensive line had a great season. Let's just be honest. It was decent moments, but it was definitely a step back from what, what they've done before. So for him to come back and kind of be that anchor while Creed leaves is huge for OU. And I think the other name we'd both agree on this one as well is Jalen Redmond, because we already saw what this defensive line can do and you add in another Jalen Redmond into that. That's just ridiculous,
0: man. Yeah. Jalen Jones going to be good. I'm glad Isaiah Thomas is coming back. Uh, They've got a lot of good guys on the defensive line coming back. Perry on Winfrey's coming back. Um, Even Josh Ellison played really solid for the Sooners. Jordan (laughs) Kelly will take a step forward. Marcus Hicks will hopefully be available. Uh, Marcus Stripling will take another step forward. And so like, let's go to the maybes because those are guys that the jury's kind of still out on people. People thought maybe Nick Benito was signaling he was coming back in a tweet uh, but he's never really said it officially uh, like Isaiah Thomas has or Jalen Redmond has. It's never really been confirmed because maybe they just thought, oh, that tweet is, yeah, I'll see, they're not done yet. Maybe he's just, that's the way it is. So uh, for me, Nick Benito is a maybe, but for a lot of the other people, I think they assume that he's coming back. Um, but Nick Benito, Ramondre Stevenson, and Ronnie Perkins. Uh, what are we thinking about the percentages those guys stay?
1: Percentage they stay? I would go. I'd probably lean to maybe like twenty percent that they stay, because I mean their their draft stock is pretty solid. Um, you know maybe they, they can come back and convince one of them to come back another year. Maybe uh, Ronnie Perkins, for instance. You say, hey, we'll just play as a true defensive end instead have a rush end. Um, and that way, you know, you get some more NFL scouts looking mm-hmm. at you. But what right now, you, I'd just say twenty percent.
0: What, what would you put the percentage chance? Of- I would put the percentage chance of Ramondre Stevenson coming back at 0. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, most likely. I mean, he just then, had a ridiculous game against
0: Florida. Yeah, he, he's he's having he's been he's looked really good last year and he looked really good this year when and he like look at how like look at the next level. He brought ou to along with Ronnie Perkins uh once they came back, but what about Ronnie Perkins? I would say like him coming back is maybe like dude, it's got to be like 40 to 50 percent ish I don't he's a guy that like I'm pretty sure is gone but I feel like the staff or the staff is maybe trying to convince him to come back for a like listen if you Nick Benito and Perry and Winfrey all are back next year you're going to wreak havoc on defenses and you're going to be a for sure first round pick and probably it may be a national title contender or contender if not a champion uh, what what are your what's your percentage on Ronnie Perkins coming back?
1: Uh, I'd go maybe a little bit higher, maybe like thirty percent. Okay. I still think you know he's what probably a second rounder at the moment.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, he's so a second or third round. Money.
1: But once you fall out of that that third round, that money kind of dips pretty dramatically.
0: Right. But no money is like first round money. Oh yeah. That contract that is incredible. Back. And so I look at Nick Benito. I feel like. I was very surprised when I was very I was really surprised when people were like, "Oh yeah, he might not come back." Um, I I just I assumed that he was just going to come back. He's a registered sophomore, um, and so he he can get bigger and get stronger. He can show he can play a little bit more than just that edge uh, that he's so good at. Uh, but I would put him coming back at like seventy five percent. I thought he was coming back in the first place. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think some of it is that you look at some of the accolades that uh, Benito got. Yeah. I think a lot of people just assume that, okay. you know, Everybody not many gave guys him accolades. OU. Yeah. And not, 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 not many the people you get that many and stay um, in previous years. And that's just because OU's defense has been so shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is, I mean, he's just still relatively a young guy um, and still needs some, some tape out there to really solidify his draft stock. So I'd say about 70%.
0: And so like I look at next year's defense, and you lose a trade Norwood. Okay, well, you added Justin Harrington and Buki, for, for the love of God, just like, you know, I don't know, man. But you got well. You're starting to develop depth, DTY, Patrick Fields, but Bryson Washington in the back, Jeremiah Credell. You've got Woody Washington, which is quickly becoming everybody's fan favorite, also wears the number zero that he says was picked for him, and he didn't want that number. Uh, Jaden Davis is not even the, the name that pops into people's mind for CB2. It's Graham and the junior. And so like, it's, uh, it's just really interesting to see what they have in the, in the secondary. And then you look at the linebackers. I like Asamoah. I know he's not all the way there yet, but I think he can get there with Brian Odom. You've got, God, David Aguevu, Deshaun White, Caleb Kelly is coming back. You're developing depth with Shane, Shane Witters there. And then now you've got dudes like Clayton Smith coming in, Nick Benito most likely coming back from what I think, and then possibly everybody but Ronnie Perkins, but you plug in Jalen Redmond, who's maybe, of course, not as good as Ronnie Perkins, um, but still really, really, really good. I mean, what what does this next year's defense look like to you? Do you feel like it's more dominant, or what do you think?
1: I think it's more well-rounded. And we kind of said it this year that as far as talent goes, it's it's spreading out. And we saw it with the front seven next year. You have that, you know, relatively the same front seven. Plus, you know, maybe you get Justin Harrington, maybe you get some more, some taller corners, maybe get Woody Washington into a full-time starting position. So it only keeps getting better. Um, But for next year, you look at the secondary as seeing a a step forward. Finally.
0: I thought they would take, for this year, I thought they would take maybe a step back initially, but then they would be very good towards the end of the year. And they didn't really take a step step back; they just stepped up the entire year. And a lot of that is to how good Perion Winfrey was early on, how good Isaiah Thomas has been, right? Um, but also how good Woody Washington has really been. Woody Washington has been has played a significant role in the secondary, and people aren't giving him as much credit as he needs or as he deserves. Uh, The body
1: types coming in, it just fits this defense better.
0: 100%. And so, I mean, Oklahoma's recruiting class is small. Uh, They thought it should be small, but now after seeing how many players dipped out and how many guys are portaling and just leaving early, uh, let me place the over under at three and a half. How many players is Oklahoma going to get from the portal?
1: From the portal. I'll go, I'll go the over. I'll go four. Okay. For that
0: one. Do you have, do you, I mean, where do you think they land on? I mean, just places of need instead of like something specific, <laughs> right? Well, That's if incredible. I had to check my,
1: my paywall notes, I'd say, well. A place of need. Looks like Oklahoma might be looking at a transfer that can probably help them relatively soon. <laughs> um, probably at a position where there's not a, a solidified starter.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, but
1: I think, <laughs> you obviously, you look at offensive tackle, Swenson, uh, pretty apparent he's not the answer. He's a good depth guy but you know as far as the talent goes on the offensive line he's not see, he's
0: not good yeah. enough to play at Oklahoma I mean right and like the you remember when he was going to start at OU and Lincoln I was like well he's not good enough to start at Michigan but he's, better, he's good enough to start in the number 1 nation in the offense they were the number 1 offense in the <laughs> nation like no he's not he's not good it's bad it's very bad Michigan wasn't
1: great either but yeah <laughs> nope. Obviously, offensive tackle. Uh, with Ramondre Stevenson likely heading to the draft, you'll mm-hmm. probably look at a running back as well. Even the, with... the
0: name, like, or the the guy I've heard—I I don't even know his name because I, I have—I have, I don't care. Show me when it happens. Like, um, the name that keeps on coming up, or is the running back from Wake Forest? He's a guy that keeps on popping up on OU's radar. Search whatever, like, as possible <laughs> dudes that oh, may interest OU or may OU interest. You know, like is, is what, what is there a certain uh, I'd
1: have to just watch some film. I know people like to put his stats out there and they are good stats, but um, there's a big difference in talent between Wake Forest and Oklahoma. You
0: mean the Big 12 is not as good as the ACC?
1: Yeah, the ACC is way better.
0: It's <sighs> crazy. I
1: saw two four seven sports. Tell me tell me that.
0: Kenneth Walker, the third. Is that is that it? Is that the guy?
1: That sounds right.
0: I don't even know because it's a Wake Forest running right. back.
1: But if he's a speedier guy, Oklahoma's been wanting speed at running back for a while. They almost had it. Well, not almost, but.
0: I mean, I like what I really like what Seth McGowan brings next year. Uh,
1: he kind of got a little Abdul Adams. Yeah. And McGowan.
0: Yeah, you kind of do, don't you? <laughs> but As he's. <laughs> he's not, not afraid to gear he's not afraid to get physical. I think he right. does have an extra gear. He's just like still in his high school body. I feel like he's That's just fair. hasn't lifted enough and hasn't been like, he's in shape now. Cause all those dudes are in shape in, at the end of the football season. But I just think like that he has small,
1: a, like in his pads.
0: Yes, he did. He, him and Marvin Mims look very small in their pads in comparison to everybody else. Um, so i I'm looking forward to him, but yeah, I'm just really curious about like, Oh, you want a smaller kind of like scat back. Uh, Cause, but, OU with Lincoln Riley hasn't really had a small scat back that was successful. They've had them, but they haven't been having them been successful. Like you had Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, Rodney Anderson is not a scat back. Then you had, you know, Trey sermon and Kennedy Brooks, you've never had a, a scat back. That's been successful. at OU. So why would they do it now?
1: Yeah. And the thing it, it goes back to is they just want someone that can, speed that can be like a true game changer and i don't think you're gonna find one in the portal honestly because so, right? those guys are either on really good teams like clemson ohio state uh alabama or they're in the nfl
0: yeah yeah i, I agree uh those those guys are like like the clyde Edwards Edwards c Lair from lsu he's already out there at the chiefs and there's a lot of other of those running backs but yeah, you're probably not going to find one in the portal that's going to be of substance or that somebody's going to be an every-down kind of guy, uh, even though T.J. Pledger did play relatively well in the be- in the middle of the season yeah. around Texas, and then once once Ramondre Stevenson got back, it was pretty clear that he was going to be the full-time starter. Uh, next year's team, man, offensive line looks like it's in good shape. Oklahoma is going to return out at least Kennedy Brooks along with Mikey Henderson and Seth McGowan and lots of H-backs, all the H-backs actually. Going to return a lot of receivers. The defense is returning a lot of guys, and they're just going to get bigger and faster. What do you think about next year's team? Uh, what are your expectations? Can they win at all?
1: Uh, Kind of watching what's happening, it kind of looks like Ohio State and Alabama might be taking a step back. We'll kind of see where Clemson's at, but if they put on the same performance as they have this season and add to, you know, Those points of weakness, which would be the offensive line and the secondary, there's no question that they're a playoff team, Um, and it's probably a playoff team that's going to have the best odds of winning a championship that they've had uh, going in into the Lincoln Riley or the playoff era.
0: Yeah i i've I've long held (laughs) that. I have long held that, especially for the last month and a half, and then especially over the last few weeks knowing who's returning if Oklahoma does not make it to at least the national title game next year man what a bust of a season uh they have too many guys returning in several key spots too many guys coming back uh and the talent level is just so high the expectations are going to be very very high what this is this is the highest expectations have been in a while to be in that national title game because of the defense, right? I mean, this is like, it's not just, oh, we have to outscore everybody and have an average defense. Right. It's Oklahoma's defense looks like it's rounding a corner with Alex Grinch. They look like they're about to be on par with a lot of other very good defenses, developing that depth over the course of three, two, three seasons. It's unbelievable to think that Alex, this will be Alex Grinch's third season going into this coming fall. Just like, it just seems like yesterday, Oklahoma just hired him after Mike Stoops just killed this program's defense for years because of Bob. But, it's just, it seems like the expectations are the highest it's been since like the late 2008, nine, like 2015. That was fun. At Baker Mayfield, you know, a lot, really, really fun. Defense right. was pretty okay. The, actually, the defense actually pretty okay that year, but not the best. And then that, that run from 17 through, through 20 or whatever it, uh, or 17 through 19. Yeah. It was three years. It was Oklahoma needs to outscore these guys because their defense is garbage. And now it's, the offense is going to be able to run the ball. Uh, they have a very good quarterback once again. They actually have the best stable of receivers they've had in a long time, maybe ever. Running back is maybe questionable with you know a dude that is not dynamic. Uh, you don't have that Trey Sermon that you know they had Trey Sermon, but you don't have the Ramondre Stevenson. Maybe he comes back, but I highly doubt it. This very highly doubt it. So you don't have that you know Travis Etienne kind of guy uh, in the backfield, but you don't really need any elite running back. As much these days, as much as you need, very, very quality depth, but it won't, doesn't hurt, right? Um, And then the defense is just going to be, hopefully, I mean, like it looks like they're going to be very, very good. So do you feel like this is the highest winning a title expectations have been since 2008? Maybe?
1: Probably heading in, let's see. I guess going into the Georgia game. Would be the highest it's ever been because we all look at that team like oh, this offense was really, really good, maybe good enough to win it all.
0: Yeah, Alabama uh, didn't. Alabama did. didn't want to play OU. Alabama didn't want to play OU in that second round because OU's defense was just good enough, and then they just had a. It wasn't like people want to get into that argument. Oh, is the defense's fault? Oh, you lost to Georgia. Oh, it's the offense's fault? Like, I hate that stupid. Like they just lost. Get over it. Uh, but Alabama didn't want to play the OU offense Alabama's defense was worse than Georgia's uh, they, and they were not as good and two was like on half a leg but yeah like what halftime of that Georgia game is this the highest it's it's been and then like besides that 2008 <laughs> 2000 to, 2000 like four
1: yeah I guess 2004 would be the last time or is that high. I guess 2008 would also be
0: there too or maybe maybe it's like the, maybe like the two, beginning of 2004 where you know, you had a really good season and then you just laid an egg because what was of, the season
1: they were ranked number one in the preseason. Was it twenty ten or twenty eleven?
0: I think it was twenty twelve. Like I think it was twenty twelve.
1: Twenty twelve. Okay. Or th- mm. they went and just like destroyed
0: Florida State. It was Florida the, State. It was the one yeah, it was the year they played Florida State in Tallahassee. So maybe twenty eleven maybe twenty eleven? Sounds twenty eleven sounds right. But I mean two thousand three they they lose in the champ in the conference championship game. Uh they cod they what's the tiny running back's name? Sproles. Just, oh, Sproles, Sproles uh, killed OU. It's a tiny running back. Yeah, 35-7. And then OU barely loses to Nick Saban at LSU 21 to 14, where they had a chance to tie it up, but Keewan Jones is just too tiny to reach it in the end zone. And Jason <laughs> White is throwing off his back foot. It was a good it was a good game. And then so people are like, all right, oh, he's gonna run it back. And then, so everybody was excited about USC that year Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, Ladanian. Uh, Ladanian, what is it? Not Ladanian Thompson, it's the uh, LT or not LT White Lindell White Lindell White. Why am I L- Ladanian Lindell White? Uh, you got a lot of like Frosty Rucker and all those dudes. Technically, that game didn't happen. That didn't, yeah, that game didn't happen because Reggie Bush, uh, got a house. Well, his parents, uh, got, a his parents got a house, his parents got a house, but. Literally, everybody's parents parents are getting houses. This is recruiting. Or challengers. Yeah, or challenge, or cookie cakes, you know? Oklahoma's setting out.
1: What a weird time for recruiting.
0: Oklahoma's going to send out $100 gift cards to Blockbuster to Tristan Lee, (laughs) while Clemson's giving him 50,000 Visa cards.
1: I think they baked gift cards into those
0: cookie cakes. (laughs) <laughs> they got a federal prison McAllister. they got they have experts <laughs> what
1: is this shawshank i'm just saying that's how they transferred money
0: <laughs> you know uh,
1: it makes sense <laughs> could alabama's be a- over here doing it digitally <laughs> maybe you'll only, only over fans only fans
0: oklahoma just needs an offshore banking account somehow like a sovereign nation within oklahoma Something like that. That's true. Yeah, do, do those exist sovereign nations within the state of Oklahoma?
1: There's so many ways that you can move money now without people <laughs> knowing.
0: Apparently, Xbox uh, gift cards. Um, Xbox. Yeah. Then uh, most popular right here. But you know that website it, where you,
1: you know. can share all your talents for a subscription fee.
0: Is that is that an OnlyFans or fans? What is it? OnlyFans. that's
1: an Only only OnlyFans. OnlyFans can set your subscription fee or get any sort of money. It's incredible. If we would, there's a a lot of a lot of routes that Bob stoops.
0: How how could we start an OnlyFans? What would what would we do for an (sighs) OnlyFans?
1: Probably get Sherry Cole fired. (laughs) People pay for that.
0: What are you gonna do? Just gonna stream it live, and it's like be us shouting things, or like just like stick, uh, like a filibuster, just like reasons why she should be. Live not stream employed? myself
1: protesting outside of Floyd Noble.
0: Okay, I'll be there with you. I mean, like, um, you know, wear masks and stuff like that. And uh, some I mean, people yeah. might come along with lawnmowers because they're not very happy with Lon-, Lon Kruger, despite his win against the West Virginia Mountaineers this past day or two ago
1: the mow the lawn crowd will definitely be there
0: yeah they will but we just need to all appreciate patty gasso for doing the lord's work you know even getting billy bowman to commit to ou because his girlfriend was like the top recruit for softball so she, he she's yeah. here so he came here so she's
1: underpaid i don't even know how much she makes but not underpaid.
0: enough not enough not enough gosh you know, Brock Purdy, Charlie Kolar, and Brees Hall are all back at Iowa State next year.
1: I just don't see Iowa State running that back. That just seemed like a magical year for them.
0: You know, and like so, I looked at the roster. Offense is set. They'll be good next year on offense. They're losing in one of their tight ends or two of their tight. I think just one of their tight ends. They're bringing pretty much everybody else back. Uh, I think they'll have one offensive lineman leaving. Do is you have, the
1: Eisworth like, kid finally leaving?
0: I think I've been there is, for like seven years. Yeah, I think Eysworth is the one that's leaving. I think he's the tight end. And play. Matt Romar, God, Matt Romar was in Casey Walker. Remember those two dude dudes who were there for like <laughs> five? Or oh, and what was one more? There was another one that was there for a long time, and at Iowa State. Uh, no, at OU defensive lineman Matt Diamond. He, he played with Romar, I think. Oh man, I'll remember it after the podcast.
1: No, because Matt Diamond he he left pretty. He left pretty early. Quick he had some, uh, mm-hmm.
0: he some issues. He doesn't had... like you very much. No, he doesn't. Oh, you lost to Texas, and he said Jordan Wade. A... Yes, Jordan Wade. He was at OU for like <laughs> nine years. Holy <laughs> crap! He was like he was there from for that Sugar Bowl, and I swear to God, he was at OU too. like and they played Clemson in the Sugar Bowls in two thousand thirteen
1: was he on the active roster for against Georgia? Probably. He was there. I for, don't he was.
0: Him and Romar were oh, there for a long. Wasn't Romar a Rose Bowl guy? Oh god. Let me check. See, it's hard. Casey Walker, not Casey Walker, Charles Walker was supposed to be but he got a concussion during practice. I do remember that. That's another guy that would have been really good under Grinch. Charles Walker would have been this Stupid, good for Grinch. There would have been a lot of defenses that Oklahoma recruited that would have been good under Grinch. Actually, Be- probably because he was, Mike he was a on shit that uh,
1: that Rose Bowl roster. He
0: was Romar was. Yeah, I knew it. And he's, he was there for a long time.
1: 2014, his last game. He had only had one game in 2017. Wow. But uh yeah.
0: Wow. But yeah, Iowa State bringing back that trio: Kolar, Purdy, in Hall. Makes sense for Kolar. He got hurt. Purdy. I. What you made. What you said earlier made sense about the quarterback class. Probably a good idea. Uh, Breesall is just good. I looked at the defense though. They're losing about four, three, four, or five guys in um, that defense, especially on the defensive line. It's significant when you're playing a three yeah. thirty-five. Uh, so if you're not bringing back badasses, like you might have some problems. So I'm very curious to see how that works out. Re- regardless, Matt Campbell's a great coach uh, John Haycock's a great defensive coach. They have maybe not the best players, uh, but they get a lot of dudes to buy in, um, and they've great body types for their systems and they know how to execute. And so I'm very curious that that game in Norman should be a top 10 matchup this coming year. It college game day should be in Norman. And it should be Iowa state, the freaking cyclones, which I'm sure they're happy as hell, that their schools like now not just a basketball school, but looking fun for football. And now they actually they had like the second or third biggest stadium in the Big Twelve. They get to fill it full of happy fans. Uh third or fourth. Yeah, I know, I just know it was big. Um, and and so like I'm it'll be weird that that regular season matchup in Norman will be weird. And then because they owe be two big teams, and it should be again if OU and Iowa State play the rest of their schedules like they should, because There are teams getting better, but Iowa State is bringing a lot back, too, from a team that killed a lot of teams last year. And Oklahoma State just going to be bad, I think. Uh, I I can see OU and Iowa State repeating in the Big 12 title game again. So I'm very curious to see how that works out. But the most important news we haven't gotten to, Texas, unexpectedly for me, I thought they were waiting until next season. Texas fires Tom Herman, (laughs) hires Steve Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkisian said no, just kidding. Uh, was it, was it, uh, oh, David, uh, former Georgia defensive end, the guy on ESPN. Oh, oh, was like, a... David Pollock was like, no, Sarkisian said no. And then Sarkisian was then announced as the head coach. And then rumors of, of course, Mike Stoops being a defensive coordinator, but that sounds like it's out of the, out of the picture. But how do we think about, uh, perm leaving and Sarkeesian in is it going to is it going to move the needle for Texas?
1: <laughs> I think it moves it back in a way. I thought term- Tom Herman away from Sam Ellinger would probably be better for Texas. But uh, you throw in Sarkeesian, who obviously hasn't had too much success as a head coach, but coming off a Bama run, uh, maybe look at a little bit of credibility for that. I just don't think Steve Sarkisian a good head coach at all. Um, he's a good coordinator, but there's guys that are really good coordinators, really good position coaches, but just can't make it work at the head coaching level. And he's one of them.
0: Yeah. I'm curious to see how that works out. I mean, every year, Texas has the most resources. They have the best facilities. They have the most, like, I'm not just talking about resources like money They they are in a prime place for the best cultural players in America. And they have just done nothing with. It's not they haven't been. It's not that they haven't been recruiting well. They've been recruiting rec- recruiting very well. It's Texas. They just haven't done shit with the talent. They've been top ten like every year for, for over the last twenty years. Um. So I'm very curious to see what Sark does. Uh, I I don't know what they're going to do on offense or defense. I assume they're going to go more spread. Uh, I don't think Casey Thompson is the answer. I saw him here at Southmore and then Newcastle, and he doesn't – like,
1: lit it up. I saw he, it Oh, was. yeah.
0: He had a really freaking great game against Colorado. Uh, Trevor Knight also had a really great game against Alabama in 2013, no, and, and none of it mattered. Literally none of it mattered. Um, and so, <laughs> it's just incredible. Like I can't believe I saw a Texas fan say – and they were serious. Well, maybe Sam Ellinger is our uh, – baker mayfield and casey thompson is our kyla murray because that's first of all kind of racist but also like no because sam ellinger wish wishes he would even sniff the first round sam ellinger is not even going to start on a team that drafts him or selects him he's not even going to start casey thompson is not even going to go to the nfl and he's let alone be the number one pick in back-to-back years i i i can't not believe any of that just happened
1: what goes through I'm a, it? I'm a fan of the uh, the other guy they got. Who? Uh, let me see.
0: Like what? What mental gymnastics He's do you have Travis to go kid. through?
1: I don't even know. It's uh here I got it for you. Well, I can't find it. I <laughs> know they did Roshan Johnson.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, who immediately became a running back?
0: Yep. It's, it's just incredible to me, and the mental gymnastics. Fan, Hudson Card, is the guy. Hudson Card, of. that's yes. that's a fun, that's a fun name. Just the mental gymnastics you have to have to do to be a Texas fan is just it's incredible. Uh, I I don't understand it, but hey, here we are, man. But oh, I have I have nothing left to say on this podcast. What what, what do you have anything to add to this thing?
1: Um not really i mean i'm like just looking forward to see what oklahoma does uh in the transfer portal as far as just filling up their roster for the for the next season
0: yeah same i think that's what we're all gonna be looking at is transfer portal uh you know i and think another
1: coaching hire is going to be up there yep. for uh shane beamer so
0: that h back kind of tied the biggest in Biggest
1: rumor was the michigan guy
0: yeah i think sharon williams is it that? Is that who it is? I think, or Sean Moore, something like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's those are the things that you're really looking for. Uh, the portal guys, new coaches, and what they bring to Oklahoma, and then then it's like maybe some late flyers, like you said, on some high school guys that they can maybe cherry pick out of you know some late evaluations, uh, and then it's basically the off season. And you just like I guess you kind of just pray that people don't aren't stupid and people don't get hurt so
1: it should be a really interesting off season just because you look at this team there's a lot of guys that you <laughs> we talked about before that just don't look good in pads right like they're they're in their high school bodies right um and that's just because you know they were home all off season they didn't really work as hard as they probably should have or could have because i mean not everyone has those facilities so mm-hmm. um it should be it should be fun to see where this this team goes
0: yeah, I agree. So, anyways, thank you guys to everybody that's, like, listening. Um, happy to be doing this in a new year. Hopefully, everything's better this year than it was this past year, which was whack as fuck. Uh, you guys can follow <laughs> us at CrimsonCreamMachine.com. Brought to you guys by SB Nation. You guys can follow us on Twitter. Uh, There's at CC Machine. You can follow me at KMorabianCCM. You can follow Stephen at OU updated sb. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, guys, smash the subscribe button. Can't talk. And, uh, we'll check you guys later.